Welcome to the Quill and Sword Podcast. I'm Sergeant First Class Trey Angle, NCUIC of the Center for Law and Military Operations, or CLAMO. Today, we're in Charlottesville, Virginia, at the Judge Advocate General's Legal Center and School. We have the privilege and opportunity to discuss leadership lessons with the current Command Sergeant Major of the United States Army Center for Initial Military Training and former, former First Sergeant of the Chosen Company, 173rd Airborne Brigade, Command Sergeant Major Beeson. Welcome, Command Sergeant Major. Thank you for the time. Thank you. For the listeners out there, I want to give you some highlights uh, on your background, and then we'll, we'll kind of get started. So you're from Greenville, Indiana, enlisted in the Army in 1988 and attended basic combat training and advanced individual training as an 11 Bravo infantryman at Fort Benning, Georgia. Your deployments include Operation Just Cause, Operation Desert Shield and Desert Storm, Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation Enduring Freedom. Your military education includes, but it's not limited to, the Drill Sergeant School, Ranger School, Basic Airborne School, Jump Master School, and the United States Army Sergeant Majors Academy, Class 62. You hold a bachelor's degree in criminal justice with a focus on homeland security from the University of Maryland. And your awards and decorations include the Legion of Merit, Bronze Star Medal with two Oak Leaf Clusters, the Purple Heart, and the Army Accommodation Medal with Valor, just to name a few. So, Sergeant Major, what we like to do today is just to give judge advocates and paralegals valuable insights on leadership, the importance of realistic training, and taking care of your mind and body as seen through the lens of a tested and proven combat leader like yourself. So, as some time has passed since the battle will not, as you reflect, what are your key leadership lessons you you can take away from that crucible experience? I would say that... What is really, what is really dic- difficult to grab a hold of is the camaraderie and esprit de corps that you have with a unit that goes through something like that. And I'm, so I took over the the 509th Airborne uh, Battalion in Alaska, and I wanted so much to bring the 173rd Passion there, and it's so hard to do if you don't go to combat. So. My question, and has been since that time, has been, how do you get that? How do you get that camaraderie and esprit de corps? And I think the biggest lesson learned is engaged leadership. And I talked about that today in the one out brief. And then servant leadership. If, if people know that you are there to serve them, and that is your, full, your, your sole focus, then the chances of getting buy-in from them and an understanding of of who you are and who they are. And then on top of all of that, you go into uh, being real. So that's the thing that I have done my whole career is if you're talking to me, what you see is what you get. There is, I'm not putting on a show for anybody and the cussing comes out with it. <laughs> but I'm not trying to put on a a show what you see is what you get and then if you think that you're a leader out there and you think that if you're putting on a front and you you think that these young bucks and and females can't figure that out you're sadly mistaken and that's the thing that we got to realize be real be genuine servant leadership engaged leadership and i talked about it today engaged leadership everybody talks about it it's a that's a freaking buzzword and i'm so tired of hearing it because everybody talks about it but nobody it, well, I wouldn't say anybody. I said most leaders don't dig in and don't say, 
okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's, here's what I'm doing for engaged leadership. Here's my thing. It's a buzzword that everybody says, okay, we're going to be engaged. We're going we're gonna to go do this. Yeah, yeah. But what are you going to do? What are, how are you going to dig in? Are you, going, are you taking your soldiers to lunch? Are you treating them to lunch once a week? Or are you having an NCO PD or NCO call that's not at night? It's at the end of the day, so you're not burning up their family time. These are the things. How are you engaging with them and telling them that the, here's the things that we need to work on and here's the things that you're amazing on? That's another thing, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Going in, so going straight into counseling. We're, we're not good at counseling. What we counsel on is when people screw up. That's what we're really good at counseling on because we know we have to have it in paper if we want to remove them later, which is ridiculous. You, if you have a soldier that is, continues to be top-notch person, performance counseling automatically, that is a, that is a direct uh, reflect on your unit of how good he is and you need to let him know. Because people want accolades, they want to know if they're amazing. And on the other hand, they want to know if they suck. If they, if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, my daughter just went, she's at uh, 101, and she just got there. She went through basic and AIT, and she's a sig- signalier. And I, it, it was very disappointing to hear her talk about her unit does not have that passion and didn't inculcate her in, and she has lost a lot of passion because of the way that they they brought her in the replacement battalion and then they went into her unit and she just she doesn't feel the love that I told her was there and I and was all part army so it's just very disappointing in that aspect that's good feedback sergeant major you know i heard a lot you know, like through your speech and then what you're saying now you know being real and being open and you know not putting on a front and i know for Myself and uh, NCOs that I've served with, it's been tough to uh, to shed the tough guy or I'm impervious to anything persona. Mm. Um, with that in mind and being real, I understand that the holistic health and fitness is is one of your your passions. Um, how are some of the tools in in the H2F helping you and others grow from experiences facing combat or other stressful times? So the first thing I want to say, so this is a pitch for my, for my boss, General Klein, but it, I, holistic health and fitness is the biggest performance optimization program in the world ever. It's a lot of money going into this, and this is how much that the Army believes in, in H2F and all the five pillars uh, that come with it. Is, I, it's just amazing that everybody knows that physical fitness that's that's a key pillar. Got it. What they don't know is that I, there are four other pillars that are equally traumatic to your body if you don't get it. And what what was interesting to me is when I was growing up, I was told that you know when you're tired and you and you want to get some sleep, sleep is a crutch. And I know, sorry, Angle, you were told that same thing. You know, you'll get you get enough time to sleep when you're dead. And with this new a program we have found out that you, if you go three hours you know uh, or two days without sleep or a, or a day and a half without sleep that is that contributes to the same thing as being drunk on certain levels and it's I talked to the holistic health and fitness director uh, Colonel Beagleman and I said hey check us out you got five pillars 
what's the most important? Just just from you, what do you think? And he said, I, I would say, so it's very close between the mental and sleep. But he said sleep is if you don't get the right sleep, everything else on the, on the pillars is screwed up because you can't get, you can't focus, your mind's not right, your physical fitness, your nutrition. Uh, you're definitely not, if you sleep and you're not going to worry about, you know, getting a spiritual aspect of it. So it's just very, it's very interesting to hear him talk about and his side of it. But holistic health and fitness is absolutely huge. And what we're doing right now is trying to make sure that no one is rolling their own. They want the program, and we have 128 brigades that we're going to fill by 2000, uh, by 2030. So that means that some folks are not going to get it for another four or five years, and units want it so bad because it is, as far as resiliency, the, the total concept of doing this is, is huge, and if they don't have it, they want to build it. So we need to make sure that those folks that want to build it, we, we send a team and say, oh, okay, check it out. You want, to, you want to build it without the proper people to do it, then you got to hire some folks in order to make it real. So uh, 7-22 talks, that is holistic health and fitness. And then, it has, it, and then it has another book that talks about exercises and anything else you can do. So I, just, I would say look at that if you're, you're wanting to build your own or you want to be part of H2F and you're not getting slotted, then you need to take control and make sure you're doing it right. But it is, it is, it is a huge endeavor, and the Army uh, it sounds like they want to be part of this for the next 50 years. So, Absolutely, Sergeant Major. I appreciate that. At Clamo, we work closely with the combat training centers, and you stressed in your lecture today, training the right way so that when the combat situation comes around, they're prepared, the soldier's prepared. And you, you, know, you kind of touched on it like, hey, we owe it to American sons and daughters to give them the training to be, to be effective in combat. How important is the emphasis on realistic training and, and doing training the right way to make our, our force more effective? What a, what a fantastic question. The yes. So, again, I talked about this in the, in the Wanat brief, but the, the importance if, if you're going to be, for example, because I'm infantry, i got to use that one, uh, if you're going to be firing your weapon and you need more trigger time, if you always do it in the sunlight with a nice cool breeze and you're, you're chilled out, then you're going to be a failure when it's raining or snowing or muddy you don't know how to grip your magazines. You don't know how to hold your rifle because your gloves are wet. Your hands are all pruny. How do you shoot during those times? And you know, um, the 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 infantry team, because of the repetition and how we do that, is 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 huge. And the big training and little training, but little training. Little awesome teams lead to big awesome units. So. What is one thing that uh, we and, and the legal field, judge advocates and paralegals, from your foxhole, what can we do better to support the client? What, off the top of your head, what, what can we do being better? Do we know the, need to know the client better, get that experience out in the field where we kind of know what's going on when those investigations are coming across the desk? Or what do you think, Sergeant Major? Understanding, uh, and that's the key. If you you, we are the client, and that's the key. And you, uh, that's that's so huge. 
and a lot of people didn't think about it. And if you're if you're the JAG Corps, your job is to sit in an office or in a courtroom and make rules, regulations, and uh, but you never you're you're not you don't have the ground tr- truth. Who have who have you talked to that has ground truth under what's happening? And I think just like you were saying, it's it's an understanding of who you are, and then who the people are that you're representing and how do you fix them? And then I said this in the one out brief too, is you don't, if you have someone and it's not your guys' it's not you guys' uh, job to find out who's guilty and not all the time, but it is the chain of commands. But so you don't assume. And I think I, I talked about soldiers that were not good soldiers. And then we took them to combat and they were amazing. And we got back it completely changed them. So people people can change and don't bring the hammer down on, on folks that, that have the potential to be leaders. But I think probably the biggest thing is an understanding of, of what it is that we do. And that's not just infantry. I'm speaking infantry because that's what and who I am. But it doesn't matter your MOS. If you're, if you're, the, if you're the judge uh, or all other legal ramifications that are, are part of that team for artillery or, you know, a basic training unit. If you're the legal team, who are you talking to? What have they been through? Where have they been? And just like in BCT, if you're a legal team for BCT, you got to understand that these folks are, these are kids that just came off the streets and maybe they weren't raised right or maybe you know what i'm saying and i think they can be helped and for you to understand where they come from so you can either defend or prosecute in in the way that you're supposed to so sorry major so what i heard from that is you know you know i think everything comes down to relationships build relationships shared you know shared experiences uh share the suck if you will uh getting out in the field doing those ctc trainings that's that's imperative to know your client number one and understand where they're they're coming from and then you're also getting some of those soldier skills so we can we can be better better serve you guys as the client and that's and that's the huge part so if you're going to the field and your and your unit is in a big in in a big talk why can't you have a desk in the talk and then you go out and you visit units that are out there so you see know and understand of what whatever it is even if it's logistics what do they do as part of that and you're right get to know get to know be there with them and as a matter of fact it it has nothing to do with that it has to do with just knowing them if you if you're a legal team and you come up and you're 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 adjudicating something or in the process of adjudicating and nobody knows who the hell you are you're not doing a very good job why don't they know so you should go to their units and even if you're not in the field stop by a company and say, hey, I'm your, I'm your legal guy, <laughs> and so, hey, what do you got for me? What kind of questions? You know what I'm saying? So, it's the relationship. It's absolutely huge. As a final question, what's the most interesting thing that's come come across your desk? Uh, the most interesting thing. So, I, we are the SMA just put out the, uh, the 540, 80 points in each event, and that was the. That was that was hard to do because then we'd have to figure out. There's anytime anybody makes a plan, there's second and third order effects that come with those, and and what happens when you know they get a profile after they've been they don't have to take a tape test, and I, those are I, as far as um, 
you know, the the military aspect of crazy things that have come across my desk, it's uh, it, it's freaking awesome. What I would like to say and do a shout out on is, if you guys don't, the, the people that change, train all of our soldiers, the drill sergeants, uh, we have completely revamped the drill sergeant academy, and that is a world class unit. And if you ever, any of you ever get a chance uh, to go there and to see them and talk to the commandant, we changed the the commandant of the drill sergeant academy from a colonel. Uh, equivalent to a two-star level equivalent. Uh, so the power base, more relevance, revel- is that that's the right word, right? Relevance, yeah, relevance, sorry, Major. <laughs> more, more, more relevance um, for so he can go out and do um, some marketing for the academy. And these guys, there's only 3,700 of them, and they train every single soldier coming in. And you're talking, you're talking about 120,000 a year of of new recruits coming in. So to understand who and what does that. And I just wanted to make sure I give a shout out because they're doing a great job there and completely revamped the POI. As we conclude, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't take advantage of having a lifelong infantryman here in the chair to not get one field hack from you. What's a good field hack that makes your life a little bit easier in the field that you like to share? Don't sleep on the ground. <laughs> Don't sleep on the grass. Yeah, good. yeah. So you figure out you figure out how not to be on the ground. If you want wood or you, you put something down. Infantryman sleeps on the ground, and if there's any way you can, uh, you probably have about a quarter less bug bites on you and, and nastiness, and then always use your poncho, even if you think it's not going to rain. <laughs> That's, that's great insight, Sergeant Major. <laughs> all right, that's all we have for now. Sergeant Major Beeson, thank you so much for your uh, your insight and what you've you've done for the Army and what you're continuing to do for the Army. I'm certain your comments will, will definitely inspire those of us in the JAG Corps listening and, and better prepare us like to assist you as our as our clients, right? Uh, for our audience, please follow the Quill and Sword on your favorite podcast platform and be on the lookout for the next weekly episode. By following the Quill and Sword, Audius members will access all the podcast content from the Judge Advocate General's Legal Center and School, including Criminal Law Presents, the National Security Law Unscripted. Stay ready. Thank you. Thank you. The views expressed or implied on this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of the United States Army JAG Corps or other organizations with which the participants are associated or by whom they are employed.